tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Now the time has come for all the to close in overthrow the past. We're here to make a change so all can be free. A call has been made. Get to our guest, uh, our, I again, I say he's a guest, but he's not. He's family. He's family. And you can tell by the music if you listen to this regularly, but the, the dulcet tones of Bobby Brown from Ghostbusters 2 that Omega Squad Chris Green is here. Hey! Hey! I, I don't know what I would do without Bobby Brown. Uh, well, you know, when he acts tough, I don't know what I would do with myself either, you know? And like Bobby, Chris is too hot to handle, yet too cold to hold. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, yes. That, that is my pride. Yes, <laughs> nice. Uh, and now, because of you, a couple years ago, I cannot not focus on the line. A call has been made. And just see a little tough button around going, yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Craig, I'm sure you're not shocked, and I'm sure Chris avoided it like the plague. Um, like uh, half the world didn't want to do this. Never mind. Um, uh, none of those people we called out last week has uh, replied at all. <laughs> saw that guy. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I was surprised. Um, and I find it interesting and very timely. If you go to Miss Christina Rivera's uh, Twitter page, uh, because I guess the talk of the. Uh, wrestling right now is as we should make a wrestling safe space and some of those people were the ones that knew she's getting beat up by her ex-husband mr uh hefty trash bag looking uh man himself <laughs> and um i did that for you chris i know it doesn't technically count but i had to um that uh turned a <laughs> that turned a blind eye to it all of a sudden when wrestling one wrestling a safe space and she was like uh-uh no don't ask for a wrestling safe space when you just knew what was going on with my cries for help and you didn't do anything. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that seems about right, Chrissy. Uh, and, uh, uh, and again, reiterate that her life is amazing now. And she has a wonderful child, a wonderful husband, uh, a wonderful person inside of wrestling that she found. Shocking, I know. Uh, we're not going to talk any, about any of that negative stuff from last week. Uh, it hap- It went down about as, as much as I thought it would. Uh, then zero, zero retort, re- reply, and those people have been silenced since. I've been silenced on Twitter for about a week, but we're not going to talk about that. That's a HNP hold out a podcast. It's WrestleMania weekend, folks, and that's why we have suckered Chris Green to come back into this show. Uh, and when it, I and the, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. You can shit on Godfather 3, or excuse me, the renamed Coda, Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone, all you want. 
But that scene is, and I mean this in a, the nicest way, excuse me, possible, is why Al Pacino is an icon. And he was also nominated again. Uh, so he was the first act, actor to be nominated for the same role twice. He was, he got, he was nominated for best actor for Godfather three. People sweep that under the rug, but his first Oscar nomination wow. was for Godfather two for yeah. playing that same character. So, which is weird that he didn't get an Oscar nod for one. Yeah. Because, well, it's Michael Corleone, but that scene where he's just screaming out to Fredo. Mm-hmm. And he's having the diabetic, whatever, whatever they call it in the movie. Um, thunder, thun, harmless noise, bullshit. Octabella, you old fuck. And he just, I'm just like, yeah, fucking Michael's pissed. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's not dead. Uh, and also, Andy Garcia is great in that movie. And uh, if you have not seen Michael the Coda, the re, the redone, um, Godfather three, three. is. Just the little, like he did a lot of tweaking, but they're little lots of tweak. Like, does that make sense? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just changing it that little bit, and I still won't reveal it. It's like, oh, that, ooh. Okay. That's, that's better. God, that's painful. Um, but as I said, we'll talk about more nerdy stuff, uh, on our companion podcast, because we're actually going to do predictions on that show, uh, Nerd Herders, which uh, for those watching live will be, well, I said nine o'clock, so God only knows. <laughs> um, we all know how I'm timing. My timing was today. That means, yeah, that means 11. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it means 1115. I mean, 1130. I mean, hold on. I have to take a poo. Uh, so <laughs> I want to get this out of the way first. Um, I said I wasn't going to talk about anything negative, but I just thought of something. Uh, uh, Dean and I, well, I did, was not part of the conversation yet because again, I cannot reply to anything on Twitter until Friday at around 4.08 PM. <laughs> um, but Tony, Co- no, Nick Khan, the other one, uh, is talking about moving the WWE network back to $11, uh, back to $10. On Peacock, so a, 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 a chargeable add-on on Peacock, even for Xfinity customers, where right now we're not paying a dime. And I really feel, I'm going to go to Chris first because, you know, we haven't heard from Chris in a while. I really feel that it's kind of, it's weird. because At the same breath, I'm going to say, you can't really do that. You can't give it to us free all this time and then go back on it. But I'm like, Actually, it's a perfect summation of how this country works right now. So, um, I really feel, um, I'm pro- I'm I'm probably out if that's a I'll I'll be out. I'm out if that happens. I'm like, man, you know, I just told Craig we we're going to start this chronological thing, and I was finally getting caught up, and they're like, no, ten dollars. I'm like, I don't care that much, really. <laughs> uh, Chris, it's free right now. Oh, oh, nine, $10 and pay-per-views costing money again. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the, that was the big thing. I was like, excuse me? Okay. Um, yeah. it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know how to tell you this, but, uh, Nick, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. 
uh, Mr. Omega Squad. Let's 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 open the floodgates. Uh, your thoughts? Well, I mean, you have to, to kind of think about this in the context of the overall business, right? And what's going on with WWE? It's trying to be sold. They're trying to sell it, which means they want to be able to least to say to someone that hey, we can we can generate cash after this um after the sale right now we had all thought to this point it was well you got television right fees you got merchandise fees you got tv uh you got ticket sales things like that that would be the cash flows um but uh presumably they may not be getting enough from uh comcast or peacock to to or at least getting enough of a cut there that they want to want to they thought they might be able, they might want to squeeze a little bit more out of their fans, right? And I I don't know. I mean, I gotta I gotta I gotta feel you. I mean, you know, I think I'm with you, Dan. I mean, I know I'm with you, quite frankly. The only reason I have WWE programming right now is because I have Peacock, and I, because it comes and it, because Peacock comes with my Comcast subscription. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the reality. Um, the 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 WWE Network subscriber base will immediately go down by a lot. And I don't know if that's what they want to do. Um, it really depends. There's a lot of like things into that. Like, are they still a public company if they do that? Well, that's, you know, if they're still a public company, that's going to take off investors. But if they do go private, for example, well, then it becomes a little bit less of a thing. They don't even have to report those numbers. It's not a thing. You know, they can manage their business however they want. Um, as a fan's perspective, I mean, I get it. We used to pay for it. Um, I mean, but I think, I think we got used to paying for pay-per-views and then we got used to paying $10 a month and that one didn't include pay-per-views on top of that. Um, to, to throw, to go immediately from free to paid subscription plus pay-per-views. Yeah, no, I don't, that's gonna, that's not gonna work. I don't think economically for, for their consumers. Before I go to uh, Craig's counterpoint or or also <laughs> same point, I do want to point out that I will say that the one uh it's not caveat, I don't want to say that word, the one asterisk I'll put on this that ex- I won't pay ex- unless it goes back to a separate app. If you pull it off Peacock and you're like, yeah, nine ninety nine again. Well, that's a good, that's a good point. Do I have to pay for Peacock too? Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. If you're yeah. making me pay for something that's on Peacock, uh, no, absolutely not. Go fuck yourself. If you're gonna give us back the original network without the NBC shit, I will gladly pay you again. Uh, and because I don't have to pay for the pay per views unless I want them, uh, I, that's a done deal. It's it's. That is the heads or tails of the situation for me. I, and I don't care. I can already see it now. Uh, the arguments on Twitter and social media about I'm not a real fan. Can you want fan? I don't care. I, I'm 39. I don't care if you think I'm a better fan than you. Um, I, I am not. If you want to give it to me in the old WWE network, I will jump head first and give WWE my money. If it's not, it ain't happening. 
first of all, there's no counterpoint. I agree with both of you guys wholeheartedly. <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing I get out of this, though, uh, for me, it's, it's the wrestlers. Because if you bring back pay-per-views, you bring back wrestlers getting a bonus, which has gone, which was has been completely gone once the WWE had their own network and they stopped being pay-per-views and started being premium live events. Um, part of the 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 wrestlers' livelihood back when they were wrestlers was getting on a pay per view because a pay per view meant a bonus, and not only did you get paid more for being on a pay per view once those residuals came in the buy rate and stuff, you would get something for that. You get a cut of that, and bringing that, I'm all for bringing that back because I'm all for wrestlers getting as Hard much they, as much money as they can while they're still uh, able and, and healthy enough to um, wrestle in the ring. So in that respect, um, if, if bringing back pay-per-views means that the wrestlers will be getting more uh, of a bonus or an incentive to be on uh, a pay-per-view, then yes, I'm all for that. The rest of that bullshit you can have. Um, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I've, I've never been uh, this... Uh, I've, I've, I haven't been this less enthusiastic about, uh, I shouldn't say that I've been less enthusiastic about past, uh, WrestleManias, but, um, <laughs> uh, this one, I mean, this one has some intrigue, some actually more than, more than two matches that I really do want to see, but, um, and I still make it, I still think making it a two night event is uh, a mistake. Hopefully they'll go back to the one night, um, to make it special. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, and honestly, uh, to, to go with Chris's point, they are going up for sale. I think we'll get more of a clearer thing. And we've been talking about it. I think since the last time you were on Chris and the time before you were on about the WWE, uh, being, you know, a sale being imminent and we're still waiting. So I think all we'll get more of a clear, uh, answer and, uh, de- definement of where the, what direction the company is going and what it means to us, the consumer, when the sale finally does go through. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think at this point, it's just a wait and see. I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving parts that could happen, depends on who buys it, how they want to structure their business. Um, you know, the, it really depends on who owns it. Like, you know, if you're the, if you're the endeavors who run a pay-per-view business with the UFC, then there probably makes sense for them to, to, to move it to a similar kind of model. Maybe a combined UFC slash WWE combat sports network slash app thing. Um, if you're the Saudis, I don't think they care (laughs) too much. (laughs) So. Well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, actually, I'm going to disagree with you, Craig, uh, on one thing. That's actually a very valid and very good counterpoint. The second asterisk being, oh, uh, charge for pay-per-views. Boys and girls get paid again. Never mind. I'll, 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 I'll eat that cost. Absolutely. If, if, if the show is worth it, you know, uh, WWE. Oh, yeah. Then- has it been right. good for their premium live events as being something that's worth it? I mean, if the wrestlers are getting paid again or bonuses, that's great. I'm not going to watch it, but if they're getting a sizable bump, then that's that's very important. 
Like I'm long past the days of paying fifty dollars every month for a pay per view. Yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to, straight up. Mm-hmm. I the uh, I will watch Royal Rumble. I will gladly pay for that. I will gladly pay for WrestleMania. Um, if they give us a choice, yeah, you know. Other than that, that's a that's a wait and see how it goes thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we had similar conversations when the network started, right? Well, yeah. So. But I would say minus a few hiccups here and there that it has blown all expectations away as far as uh, even with the present content the amount of stuff that they actually have up there for the old fogies like us um, is worth every penny separated from Peacock. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. When I get nostalgic for, nostalgic for Nitro again, I'll, uh, I'll give them money and watch them, you know? We'll see. Right now, I'm not going to make any drastic decisions yet, but... Yeah, that's a who. You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot for fans that sat through the Thunderdome and sat through some pretty piss poor Vince McMahon writing days and then him coming back and all, you know, all that news coming to a head to be like, I would like some more money, please. Settle down, Nick. Settle down. Uh, Go ahead, Craig. I'm just gonna say that'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll that'll do, pig. That'll <laughs> do. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm kind of excited about the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, and I say kind of because I'm sixty forty on this one. <laughs> and I'm glad uh, Mr. Green is a. That was no pun intended. I'm sorry. Uh, Omega Squad is here to discuss. The no-brainers of the WWE Hall of Fame, and that would be Andy Kaufman, Rey Mysterio Jr., or Rey Mysterio, whatever we're calling him this week, and the great goddamn Muda. Uh, On a primal level, the great Muda being inducted to the Hall of Fame, not wrestling a day in the WWE is pretty... Pretty spectacular, and I'm going to probably just bow down to Paul on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he would uh, screw over my guy at uh, WrestleMania 35, was it? I don't even know what number we're at anymore. But, uh, 39? Just, uh, God, Jesus. Oh, yeah, it's as old as me. Great, cool. Um, oh, wait, I'm older than WrestleMania. Fuck. Me too. Great Muda. Yeah, well, well, we know that, Craig. That's obvious. I mean, no, it's not obvious. You look younger than me. Uh, I don't think we have to question Mr. Muda. No. Yeah, stellar, stellar, stellar career. Uh, stellar and long career that was stellar. Yes. Um, a, a long career that obviously highlighted um, by his introduction in 1989 by one of the greatest managers of all time, uh, my my top five, Mr. Gary Hart. That's right. Uh, That's right. He, yeah. he, he had been wrestling uh, in the United States quite a bit 
and under different names is, you know, the white ninja and, um, in Georgia and Florida. But having his, uh, debut, uh, like that at the Clash of Champions that we will talk about in a second, um, in the, the historian, uh, he is an innovator, absolute innovator. Um, the number of stuff that he, he wasn't the first one to do it, but seeing him do it on a national level, uh, just made it that much more spectacular because like Tiger Mask, it must be a Japanese thing before him. No one had ever seen this before. No one had ever, I didn't know what a moonsault was, uh, before the great Muda. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the shining wizard, uh, the, the power drive elbow, the backhand spring into a elbow into the, uh, into the corner. Absolutely made flipping into the ring. Ever saw that? That was all Muda. Absolutely incredible. Um, and sorry, his, uh, time in NWA didn't last longer. Um, the, the way the fans were taken to him, it felt like he was going to turn face. I know Dan, uh, part of his dream was to see a Sting Muda tag team, um, which I, I believe happened in Japan, but it never happened in the United States. But, uh, I don't think Muda wanted to be a, wanted to be a face. Uh, and with no Gary Hart, you really don't have anyone to, uh, to, to talk for him, which is what made him such a great heel. Surprised it was Ric Flair that announced that Great Muda would be going into the Hall of Fame. Um, obviously they spent a great deal of time together, but I didn't think that they were that close. But, um, I'm still interested to see who is going to induct him into the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I thought Rick was inducting him. Uh, even more, um, it's not, um, why? I, <laughs> an excellent question, but I don't know. <laughs> why? I don't. I, well, Dan, the only people that would, that are qualified to or would, are gone or not working in the company. It's gone. Sting and Sting. That's it. Figure it out, Paul. <laughs> well, yeah. The, no, you're, not, I know, no, you're, you're right. Contract. <laughs> no, no, you're right, Craig. You're 100% right. But at the same time, why? Stupid. Yeah, I agree. He's going to bumble fuck his gappy teeth through that fucking. Well, I mean, if. Now, to, your point, to your point, guys, if you have someone who's outside of WWE in, in ducting Ray Mysterio and Conan, then why why can't you have someone from outside of WWE and duck Muda? And Tony Khan has been flexible about letting guys from his uh, company. Do something special for, uh, for WWE. And I heard now take this with however many grain of salt as you want. This weekend in, uh, WrestleMania, uh, Edge will be taking on Finn Balor in, in Hell in the Cell. The rumor is that Balor is going to bring out the beast. If that's the case, Edge is going to counter with the Brood. Gangrel, we all know, is available, but Tony Khan said he would let Christian go if it's a Brood reunion. 
if that is in fact something that Tony Khan would do, even for one day, why not let Sting appear to induct the Great Muda? Because, like you said, Dan, and I'm not, I'm not a Sting Mark at all, but honestly, who else? But I am. No, nobody, nobody yes. can. Nobody. Don't say the Chris Demon. <laughs> Don't do the impact thing and bring back Kiss Demon that nobody asked for. I like I like Dale Torborg, but let's not do that. <laughs> Can't believe anybody else know his name. Could I win like a trivia night at a bar for that one? I know Craig knows. Yeah, I knew it was Dale Torborg, one of the great uh, minor league ball players of all time. Yeah, then he got a pitch in the eye, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got to be Sting. If it's Ric Flair, I will turn it off after the footage. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care, and I'm tired. And I'm sorry. Uh, you take my wrestling fan card away. I'm so tired of Flair as well. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, but Rick, you, not 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 Charlotte. I, I, but if you want to talk about the other inductees, you know, we talked about Andy Kaufman uh, last week. Uh, Rey Mysterio, long overdue. Um, even though he's still on a current, you know, on the current roster. Um, but also inducted today. I don't know if you heard the news of who was inducted today. You know, they got to have, you know, someone who's, uh, current, someone who's, um, uh, and an ethnicity, that being Muda. Um, they're not doing a tag team this year and a woman. And you heard the woman who's going to be inducted this year. Um, Why? I have, I, uh, well, we, I, dude, I was, I'll let Craig finish this point, then I'll get on Stacey. I'll, yeah, I'll finish it, it, I'll finish it for you, Chris. If, if, if they're going to induct the Bellas, then there's no reason to ask why they're inducting Stacey King. All right. Well, all right. Far enough. What Pretty you need, to, what the, the, the real why is why not is why are these women that can barely be called wrestlers at any point are in any type of Hall of Fame? But China and Miss Elizabeth are not. Yeah, I you know I put it I put it on Twitter, um, Adam Megaspa, um, that you know my annual look, my annual thought about this is, look, I don't really have a problem with Stacy going in. Generally sure. speaking, I mean she is she was good at her role. She was not she's not in there for her work rate. <laughs> she's in there for her character work for her. Ballet work, all that stuff. Um, it, you know, so I don't really have a problem with Stacy getting into the Hall of Fame. I do kind of have a question about, to exactly your point, uh, Craig, before Miss Elizabeth, you know, before Victoria. I mean, Victoria is the one I'm holding the flag for, quite frankly. I think she deserves to be in. Um, I know she's got a contract with Impact, but I mean, hell, Mickey James came in with, came in the Royal Rumble with the Impact belt. So to, to the ancillary point of Sting and AEW and Christian, or, you know, there's no reason Victoria couldn't have been um, inducted. Um, you know, you can even, I mean, you can even go back to to, to AJ and, and uh, there's other there's other more deserving work rate based women that could probably uh, go in before Stacey. Yeah, but I have no real yeah. problem. With but, yeah, you, well, you're waving the flag for Victoria, which I am too, but I've been waving the flag for Miss Elizabeth for about 20 years now. 
Oh yeah, well that's that's an entirely different. But I mean, yeah, I would argue certainly that Miss Elizabeth should go in for pretty much anybody at this point. Uh, anybody I can think of off the top of my head here, but um, yeah, but you know, it, it it is what it is. You know, WWE. This isn't. It's not a vote, right? There's no there's no ballot of the wrestling writers of America. You know, <laughs> well, thank Christ. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because I think of some of them. Yeah, good. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is what it is. Like I said, I don't have a problem with Stacy. Um, I mean, I think uh, generally speaking, you know, as a smaller class, there really isn't anybody here that I'm like, yeah, yeah. We don't really need to do it. Am I excited for anybody here? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, Ray, Ray I, again. Ray completely deserves it. Buddha completely deserves it. Good choices at the top of the card. Andy Kaufman, yes, absolutely. As a as a beacon of Russian history, uh, as a character in wrestling history, um, absolutely freaking lutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, Tim White, cool. <laughs> you know, Warrior yeah. Award, I'm good. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, they said they're in induct- they're inducting a referee, so they start inducting referees. I was like, okay, immediately Tommy Young. Or you know, or or Dick Kroll, or you know, hell, uh, Bill Alfonso, but they gave it to Tim White, uh, who a uh, great referee, but the Warrior Award uh, to him, um, i very after he died, yeah, well deserved again after he died, yeah, I, that's the other criteria, Dan. There's you know, you're a woman, uh, uh, ethnicity, uh, wrestler who's not really retired, and someone who's dead. Um, so they've no tag teams this year, no black people this year. So, um, there's, they're going outside of the norm, but still in the norm. And I don't know, they should just rename the, uh, the warrior. I don't know why it's still called the warrior award. It should be called the Tim White award. If you're going to name it after anyone, uh, especially who was beloved and had a, you know, strong, um, uh, history of uh survival and um great courage that would be tim white i don't know what warrior ever did to and to uh die (laughs) but he he never represented anything about courage unless it's his his, how courageous it is to be a homophobe when you're in your 50s (laughs) well yeah it was supposed to be for to honor backstage people yeah. And I mean, I guess you could argue Tim White. Yeah. But if you're going to put, yeah, but if you're going to put a referee, if it's like, because that was a big, we're putting, we're honoring a referee. It's like, finally, you're honoring referees. Um, why don't just put them, why not just make referee category? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the Hebners would uh, figure prominently into that. You could be, you could have a referee wing. Yes. You have an announcer re- wing. Well, that could be the the other the criteria, you know. Every year, the, the WWE Hall of Fame, like I said, they they have the 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 recent, the most recent retiree, um, a long honored um, person, a black person, a woman, a tag team, and someone who's dead. They can add a referee to that criteria. Sure. Danny Davis. Why not dangerous Danny Davis? If we're talking referees, 
Hey, I want to shout out Justin America. Justin America's watching everyone. Mr. America. Justin Mr. America. America. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Mr. America. Thank you. Not Captain America. He, he's, he's peanuts compared to Justin. Justin. It's just just in America. And if you don't get the pun by now, you're an idiot. I don't know what exactly. to say. <laughs> I, thought, I salute you, coach. I salute you too, sir. Thank you. Um, well, let's talk about Andy Kaufman because I can never stop talking about that because <laughs> I was going to not bring it up. And then I saw the slap again last night and I'm like, God damn it. God damn it. It's so good. It's so good. It's a, you can't do that anymore. They kind of tried to do it in WCW, but they unfortunately it was with Jay Leno and he has the athletic ability of, well, me now. Um, <laughs> that pin that he gets on Bischoff still makes me laugh. His shoulders are up. His shit, never mind. It's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. But that wasn't organic. That's the thing. Uh, with yeah, Andy, that's true. With Andy Kaufman, who was, uh, doing this, you know, on every talk show he could, wrestling women, and going to Memphis, and there wasn't the shtick. He would legitimately want women to, to wrestle with and would pay them a thousand dollars if they could beat him. Legitimately a thousand dollars. Legitimately a thousand dollars if they could beat me. And extra added heel incentive, that woman would have the pleasure of marrying me. If she beats me, <laughs> and you know, three and three weeks in a row, three Mondays, he was beating these women, and a third woman was a woman named Foxy, who they didn't smarten up to the business, and she gave Andy a run for uh, his money, and so much so that Gary Lawler went to Foxy afterwards, who was not Sapphire. I know we, some of us all look alike, but that ain't. Yeah, I was going to say, we all know all black people (laughs) look alike. But it was not her. Uh, But Jerry said, if I can get with her, I'll teach her a few pointers. And he went up to her afterwards and said, I'm going to be in your corner next week. But again, never smartened her up to the business because Andy would, when he's wrestling, wrestling, he was, it was a shoot. They were really, these women were trying to beat him. But because they were so nervous and so, you know, uh, they blow up inside of a minute or two, and Andy would just, you know, lay ac- across them and trying to hide his his erection and pin them. And Bob Zamuda, the re- the referee, would count to three, even though both shoulders were up, just to get them out. Uh, but with Foxy, she got Andy into a waist lock and put him in and threw him down. And Andy went to run, and she grabbed him, pulled him back, and Andy fl- flung himself halfway across the ring, and the place went nuts. The crowd was going crazy. And after, you know, he, he finally pinned Foxy, he wouldn't get up. He wouldn't get up. And Jerry Lawler came in the ring and just pushed Andy back. And again, the place went nuts. And that's when Andy went into full Andy Coffee. You don't touch me, baby. I'm from Hollywood. I will sue you. I will sue everyone here. And it was gold. Andy Kaufman was in 19 from when a, the match took place in April of 1982. To the time he left, he was the biggest heel, not only in Memphis, but in professional wrestling. Because other wrestlers, other territories who were who didn't weren't smart enough, 
wanted Jerry Lawler to hurt this man. <laughs> Jerry Jarrett got a phone call from Bill Watts <laughs> saying, I'm so glad you, you took care of that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking Mark. <laughs> Sarcasm, guys. Yeah. But, but but Andy took everyone on that on that ride as, oh, as only God. he could, and you know, and his celebrity friends, you know, yeah. And Andy Kaufman was on Taxi, a top ten show on network television that was averaging thirty million viewers a week. Okay, you're not going to get that from any network show right now in 2023. So. He, but he would would come down himself to Memphis every week to make those to make his appearances. A network television. He calls him. I mean, he, he's going to call himself a star. He was like the fifth member of a of a strong cast um, who wasn't even on the every, the show every week, but still, he was part of a top ten show cast. Taxi was. One of the number one comedies on all of television, but Andy Kaufman would be in Memphis every week and would make house shows, Jonesboro, Arkansas. He would go to Nashville. He would make those appearances. Jimmy Hart talked about driving him from place to place. He one one you know, I think it was behind the ring, uh I'm sorry, dark side of the ring. And they were talking about Tales from the Territory. Jimmy Hart's uh at home in Sunday night in Memphis, there's a knock on the door. There's Andy Kaufman, just out of nowhere. He was committed to how much he loved wrestling. He was actually in the audience May 17, 1963, when Buddy Rogers, his favorite wrestler, lost to Bruno Sammartino and uh, became the WWF Heavyweight Champion. So when you see Andy Kaufman in those old, when he puts that robe on and he's walking, he's doing the Buddy Rogers strut. When he's pointing to his, his hand and I got the brain, that's all Buddy Rogers. He always wanted to be a heel. And he lived out his dream because in Memphis, he was a heel. He was the most hated person in all of Southern wrestling. Tremendous. It would help if I unmuted my mic. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you, guys. Right as I, I, in my head, I heard you guys go, can't hear you. I'm like, oh, oop, oop. <laughs> sorry. But the slap was legendary. It's so loud, too. It's so <laughs> loud. Uh, well, that brings us to Z main event. Well, the, the main event of our evening. <laughs> WrestleMania. Um, I will disagree again, uh, on one more thing, uh, Craig. I, as an old man, I, let me rephrase that. As an old white man, I'm thrilled it's two nights because I need milk and cookies and then go to bed. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't knock until you try, Craig. Uh, this is uh, okay. There's two matches on night one. Well, report at night one that I'm really, really um, looking forward to. That's uh, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. And uh, Flair, uh, Charlotte versus uh, Rhea Ripley. And I want nothing more than two things to happen. As much as I want Asuka to win, I really want Belair to take this further. And, and we'll be like, well, why? Well, well, why not? 
You you got something to do? You got somewhere to be? No. Keep it there longer. Who cares? Uh, go as long as Roman Reigns. What is he at? Four thousand million days now. What is it yet? What is he at? Craig, you know. He's at nine hundred and some days. That's that's still impressive. It, it's never it going to be. Uh, it's never going to be Bruno or. Um, it's not even, but it, it is impressive. It, it's impressive for this age, but Dan, it's not even close. Oh, to sure. Pedro. It's not even close to Pedro's reign. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm talking about this era's. I'm talking about yeah, modern. Era. Era. I'm talking yeah. about now. Yeah, talk about now. Yeah, since I'm present. But it's it's odd that you want that for for Bianca. That's what I want for Gunther. Yeah, I want him to hold that that Intercontinental Championship. I want I want him to obliterate the Honky Talk Man's record. Hold that for another. Oh yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, but I I even worse. God, I still want Asuka to win so bad. I, I do. She, I, she got shorted so bad, mm-hmm. and 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 I just want them to trade for a little bit, go after each other, please. Uh, but as much as badly as I want that, God, I want Rhea Ripley to win so badly. Well, it's Rhea's time. Yeah, it is Rhea's time. It, um, it it has to be Rhea's time at this point. Yeah, and there's no other. There's no other. She's no, yeah. She's incredibly hot right now, and the loss is not going to hurt Charlotte at all. Not in the slightest. She's hot, and she seems to be doing very well right now. See what I did there? Uh, see what you did there. No, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, Dan. I mean, I'm I don't really that that one is interesting to me. That Belair Oscar match, and I you know I want to get behind the murder clown, but um, <laughs> but at the same time, I like I can see Bianca doing. Going further, uh, you know, I, and I don't know that I see Asuka as the person who sh- needs to take it from her. Um, you know, again, I would be happy if Asuka does. No problem. No problem. I just, I don't think Asuka's really, you want my argument here. Asuka, Asuka should have been where Belair's been, holding the title for a year. Exactly. You go. You you bring her two years undefeated, and then you you job her out at her first WrestleMania, and then she just keeps keeps declining. Well, when she has her moments, she has her ups and downs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I, if she's, I don't think I would go would would go to say that she's had a failure of a career at, at WWE. Yeah. Certainly not. But um, did you see the package on on they did on her on uh, on Monday? I did. Thought you're talking about me for a second. No, <laughs> I've already seen your package, Dan. Yes, Dan. But no, they they lauded all. Me. She is she's the only woman that has done everything: Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, and SmackDown, and uh, Raw Champion, and and NXT, and NXT Champion. Yeah, and, she's and, won, yeah, every in, in tag titles. Yeah, she's won everything. Yes. So yeah, I mean she's she yeah she's done everything. So does she need does she need to go over here? I don't know. I would argue that it might be a, be an interesting little feud to, for them to go back and forth for a while, like yeah. all the way in the SummerSlam. I just said that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm agreeing with you, Dan. So, so just. I, I think I can see that compelling because I don't see anything else on Raw that is super compelling. Oh God, no! 
uh, from the women for the women's division. So I mean, I mean, unless you're going to throw, uh, you know, Becky back in that, and I just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. Becky doesn't need it, but whatever. I honestly, but, but, thought, yeah, but you know, to kind of rip this back, if Rhea Ripley isn't standing tall at the end of that night, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, Griff, exactly. Um, it, it, sh- it really should be her. It's, it's her time way, way past due. And I see a lot of belts changing uh, this weekend. Um, not only uh, should Rhea go over, um, I also think the you're never going to get a hot a, a babyface tag team right now as Kevin and Sammy, so they have to go over. Um, I think it's I think it might actually be bad for business if Cody doesn't go over. Um, I think it'll be even better TV if we tune in Monday and uh, the bloodline is Sans Gold. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, you have to pay this off. Yes. Right? I mean, you mm-hmm. have to pay it off at some point. It makes complete sense that it is now. Yeah. Even Roman? Even Roman. Well, I mean, yeah, I've been, I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, Dan, if Dan, it wasn't for Sami Zayn right now. Yeah. And Kevin Owens right now, we would be begging someone to take the foot belt off of Hey, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and honestly, Dan, if Cody doesn't go over, it, that'll just be Lex Luger at SummerSlam 88. <laughs> That'll be ninety two <laughs> all over again. Honestly, yeah, I don't. I don't think Roman gets go away heat, but I think he he loses a lot of momentum, and there's a lot of a lot less intrigue at the top. Then who else? He's beat everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless you're going to hot shot Sammy, which I mean, I guess. I mean, I think people would get behind Sammy being champion, but yeah. they, they, if they were going to do that, they should have done it last month. Exactly. So, yeah. No, it, it's no. This it's all it's all Cody. It's and it's all and this was it did such a great job of of I hate to use the word storytelling, but building uh Sammy and and Owens up to they have to be the ones to to win the tag team championship. Yeah. From uh from the bloodline, and there's still stuff you can do with the bloodline without Roman. You know, don't forget Solo. Don't forget uh. I I was a big fan of primetime Jey Uso. I thought when they gave him a singles push, I thought I thought he did great. Um you can there's some money to be made there or have a Uso versus Uso. But um yeah, there's still plenty to go with the bloodline storyline without without Roman. And there's other wow. similar wrestlers out there too. But God. But yeah, so I, I see some some titles changing hands, multiple championships changing hands uh, this weekend. No, you just went, you went, and I don't mean this in a bad way. You guys went way ahead of me. Um, I, yeah. Ro, uh, Cody and, and Rhea have got to be the definites. I, I just can't, I just can't see it going any other way, even in, in, even to work someone. Not 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 now, <laughs> not now. 
Uh, is there anything else WrestleMania wise that I, uh, do not remember or I am unaware of that you all wanted to talk about? Uh, Chris, you first. You know, I, I kind of piggyback on what Craig was saying at the top. This, I don't really see this as a very compelling WrestleMania overall. I mean, there's things that I will watch. Um, but there's not a lot here that makes me say, I need to get back into wrestling and watch this. I need to spend 10 hours of my weekend watching this, <laughs> you know. Um, but that said, there's a few matches on here that are probably pretty compelling. I expect a slobber knocker to come out of the Intercontinental Championship match. And I do think Gunther should go over. Um, I mean, Man, that's going to be fun to watch, though. I mean, if nothing else, that's going to be fun. That, that's going to be, a, you know, big guys throwing paymakers and that should be that should be interesting um i am interested in the edge versus Finn Balor match if that's hell in a cell um you know it's wrestlemania hell in a cell at wrestlemania edge if, if edge brings the brood if finn brings the demon plus judgment day maybe um i think you got the makings of an interesting interesting match now I could, and but at the same time, it could be way over. You could way overhype it, and it doesn't deliver. So, yeah, we haven't seen the demon in a while. Um, Never see Dean as a heel either. I guess that's true. I guess that is true. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Um, I, I, that one I think would be would be interesting. The rest of it, I mean, no, I mean, you know. Theory Cena might be okay. A little passing of the torch, potentially. Um, I don't know about the women's tag match. If it involved other women other than Lita and Trish at this at this point in their uh, lives, I would say maybe that might be a little bit more compelling. But, um, you know, speaking of people who haven't really got, who have really gotten short shrift in the last year, damage control. But, yeah. Um, they, they should have never taken the belts off of them. Yeah. That's that's your that's your fe- that's your female bloodline. That's your female shield right there. And Bailey should have won. It should be Bailey versus Rhea. Yeah. Or no, it should be Bailey versus uh, uh, Belair. Or Belair versus Belair. Either way, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. But but okay. Bailey should be cha- Bailey should be. Cha- you should have the you should have the bloodline on the women's side. Yes, and that was damage control. They were that in. Was damage control. Yeah, that was damage control. So whatever. You know, so otherwise, other than that, no, I'm not like super compelled by it. Like the, you know, the rest of it's a lot of throw all the tag teams together and see what happens. I don't understand how you could take uh, something as awesome as Bailey and, uh, and this is where you are with the (laughs) wrestling. Yeah, they had such a hot start. And, but why are you going to take the belts off them? Why did to why with Becky and and Lita, or or even Trish and, and Lita? I I don't get it. Why would you? It's like the her business all over again. You had something that you could have got a lot of that a lot out of. Give those two um, the championship and have Bailey uh, win the. Singles belt, or I get in a prolonged program with with Bier, with B- Bianca Belair, which they did for you know a couple of weeks, and then it was over. Um, 
And I get, you know, wanted to, to push Asuka to return her to her, her former glory, which is all Triple H's idea. Um, which, which I'm all for because I, that was his, his Asuka wrestling in the United States was all him. And from the time she stepped foot in the NXT and the two year undefeated streak, streak, that was his baby. And whether or not he was hamstrung by Vince the whole time when he, when Triple H saw something that Vince and no one else did. And then she was jobbed out to Carmella and the chinless wonder for um, a year. Um, but now she's back to where she was trying to at least regain her former status, which I applaud, but it just came too, too late. Um, it should be Bailey versus Bel Air for the title and, uh, Sky, uh, Kai and Sky versus Lita and Trish, or I guess you got to put Becky in there somewhere because that's another person who's kind of fallen off when she shouldn't have. Well, I, you could have done Becky, Becky, and someone other than Trish and Lita <laughs> against EO and EO and Dakota. But, but yeah, I mean, again, it, but it just shows the the problem with the WWE as usual. If you have to bring back people from the Attitude Era, that means your current guys, current females, aren't getting themselves over. Yeah, you know, Becky had to go all the way back to to drag two Hall of Famers out of retirement to team up with. There wasn't any female on the current roster that you could elevate being with Becky, being alongside the man. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. I mean. <laughs> you want the emblematic of this? Why this WrestleMania is kind of meh? What are they doing with Brock Lesnar? <laughs> my my Brock thing is freaking Lesnar. My thing is Chris. If he's going away for a while, if he's taking a break, this is, will be his 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 way out. Um, if he's sticking around, and honestly, you can blame Bray Wyatt for that because uh, Bray Wyatt. When, during his comeback that we all wanted and we got, and now we just, you know, one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios. Right. Um, but he said he wanted the winner of uh, Brock versus Lashley. And Brock's like, well, I don't want none of this guy. So he gets himself disqualified. So it could be uh, uh, Bray Wyatt and, and Lashley. But that's all because he didn't want to work with, Brock didn't want to work with Bray. And you know, being a, a going up with a big guy, you can get something. Unfortunately, it's it's Omas, so you're not going to get a whole lot. But the only thing that could save this match, Chris and Dan, is if this is the beginning of the heel turn of Bobby Lashley, because he never got he still has unfinished business with Brock. If Omas wins this match because of interference by Bobby Lashley. And they're returning either Cedric and Sheldon or, hear me out, the Street Profits and the reformation of the new Hurt Business. All five of them just lay, beat the shit out of Brock and lay him out. And that's Brock's excuse to be gone for a while. That would be a satisfying ending. If not, this better be two minutes and Brock out because there is nothing you can do against the new incarnation of Giant Gonzalez. It just it, it that just needs to go as quickly as possible. 
Yes. <laughs> I agree. I, I have no interest in that match. No, and, and the thing is, you can get something out of Omas if he is and the enforcer or, you know, the special tag team partner or something or just the guy. Uh, I don't see it. You know, I, do. <laughs> I don't see it. But I, you can like... I'm very, I see very, uh, he's tall. I get it. But I see very, I've seen so many ultra tall guys come through WWE and not a lick of them other than like Big Show and, and one or two others have ever amounted to anything. <laughs> and Omas is clearly in the last category. I agree. I'm saying if you, if you, you, if there was someone in charge that could use him correctly without, with, you don't have to play to it. His strength is him being big. If you use him as a cleanup, like a nine one one type of person that you right. get in short bursts. But I hear I hear exactly what you're saying. Because remember there was just one seven foot guy in wrestling, if it was Big Show or if it was Andre that was at. Now yeah. there's like what, five seven foot guys that were in and around wrestling. Like the the they have one in um in AEW who comes out with uh Sanjay Dutton. Uh, and uh, Jay Lethal, that he's seven feet. Uh, Omas is seven feet. Who else is? Somebody else was seven feet. Um, in a, but it's not a novelty anymore. But you can't but teach that. You can't, and you can't teach that. <laughs> Another seven footer. Again, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, seven foot Trump fans are the worst, though. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> nice, nice, Craig. But uh, if if Rock is is leaving, then uh, expect Omas to go over and Lashley to interfere, and then turning Lashley heel finally and getting a uh, uh, yeah. hopefully return of the hurt business. To, to your point, if, if if this is in service of making Lashley uh, a a big thing, then I. I, I will I will allow it. <laughs> I won't like it, but I will allow it. <laughs> I'm I'm going to allow it. Uh, before we we go any um as long as we're talking about current things, uh I don't know if either one of you have seen it. Um I just watched all of it in one sitting on Apple TV because it had a, a couple of my friends in it. Ah, uh, I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, Monster Factory on Apple TV is uh, an exceptional uh, documentary. Um, my friend Missy Sampson careful, is careful. You're going to cause problems. Uh, fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, is my but Missy's a friend I've known for a very long time. She's featured prominently in it, and um, it's just a really well done documentary. Um, I'm sure. Have either one of you seen it before I keep going? No, I I started to, but talk about it anyway, man. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, the head of it. Um, he took it over from Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, uh, the Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey. He's been around for you know almost thirty years. Um, and the uh, Danny Cage, uh, who was on President Steve last week, talking about the documentary. And uh, it shows the focuses on these indie wrestlers from uh, the Monster Factory and them getting their their big break, but showing what goes into being uh, a professional wrestler just anywhere. And it it's focuses on uh, three of them 
that uh have had three different stories and three different paths to the top. And even Danny Cage's story, who was someone who came up with a lot of the stars that we know today. And uh he never let go of his dream and he's running the monster factory now out of Paulsboro and training his guys not just for wrestling but for life. And uh it's really well done. I got to, this is the first time I got to see the new twenty three hundred arena uh that we spent so much time with as Utes and how good it looks now because one of the episodes are training towards a big uh uh bout at a twenty three hundred arena which is a showcase where people will from all can come and see you and that kinda like your audition for the big leagues. Uh I don't want to give too much away because I'll start talking about it and I and I don't want to ruin anything for it for you. But if you're a fan of the Monster Factory or if you're between the two of you guys, you're going to see more people you know in this documentary um, uh, that or that you hung out with or you just see in passing. So it's just a, a, an incredible treat just for um, it'll take you back to when you when all three of us love professional wrestling. Honestly. I was going to say, it's not necessarily a good thing. No, but... <laughs> This, but it's, I, I really can't, and, and I say this with anyone as far as when documentaries go. I said this about Beyond the Mat. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, just watch it just because it's just a really, it, it tells a good story. You'll be so invested in, uh, in these, in these ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, a couple of my friends are in it and they, they look, they look amazing. Yeah. Missy, Missy Sampson is friend of the show, has been for years. Missy Sampson is. Yeah. Amazing. An yeah. amazing story to tell to almost dying to still being an active trainer in the business. Uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Yes. Uh, what did I say it was amazing? It is amazing. Well, when you see the documentary, um, you'll hopefully say the same thing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's eight episodes, it's thirty minute episodes. It'll honestly you'll fly by. Like I said, I saw it all in one sitting and it was it's it's really that good. And I will say this, uh, there is an allusion to season two. So mm-hmm. sit, re- sit back, get ready for more. Uh, Craig, with that being said, we only have 20 minutes left. So it's time for history. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a fast <laughs> look at history. <laughs> <laughs> a fast look at history. Well, Dan, uh, as you well know, or you should know, at least we've been talking about it a little bit. Um, did I mention it's WrestleMania week? It is. What? Yeah, and so uh, big things happened in this week in professional wrestling. Uh, probably the biggest, um, because uh, that happened, it was 22 years ago this week. Uh, by the way, gentlemen and ladies, this is back when wrestling was wrestling, and TV ratings meant a big deal, and millions, and millions of people watched wrestling every single week, not the hundreds of thousands, the millions. And ratings and pay-per-views meant big deal, and it was something to all of us wrestling fans. Back before with sports entertainment, this, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. 22 years ago this week, March 26, 2001, you both know where you were, because it was a day that changed wrestling forever. Whether you were in Cleveland or you were in Panama City, Florida, you know that it was a night of specialness. And it happened one night, this night, 
the 286th and final edition of Nitro took place March 26, 2001, live from Panama City, Florida, on the TNT Network. Uh, Booker T defeated Scott Steiner. Booker T, the United States champion, defeated Scott Steiner to become the first a man, second man, sorry, to hold both the United States and the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, but to go off the air uh, for the final time on a WCW uh, broadcast, Sting defeated Ric Flair in the final match of Nitro. And the uh, final Nitro of all time from Panama City. And at the same time, Raw was coming live from Cleveland on TNN at the time. It wasn't on USA. Uh, TNT was Nitro and TNN was Raw. Uh, and with that, they simulcast. And there in the ring, in a WCW ring, was Shane McMahon. Who said that I now own WCW uh, for all the five minutes? But uh, the final episode of Nitro did a 3.0. And that episode of Raw on TNN, which is now the Spike Network, did a 4.7 rating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's Paramount Network. Spike's gone. It's, it's not Paramount, it's not man. Paramount, yeah. Can you imagine wrestling on the Paramount Network now? Live wrestling? But, um, yes. Um, your memories of that eventful night, either one of you? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Actually, I I didn't watch it live. You son of a bitch! (laughs) That was one of my... You're uh... the reason! (laughs) Yeah. That was one of my wrestling breaks. Wow. I didn't actually watch it live. Okay. I heard about it. How could you not? Dumb son of a bitch. Um, wrestling break. That's funny as hell. Uh, yeah, I remember sitting down. Uh, I remember hearing rumors throughout the week and checking all the websites on my uh, laptop that was plugged into a little. Remember those little cards that used to plug into the side? Yeah. Of the laptops you'd plug a, a phone line into. Mm-hmm. I remember checking all the sites, getting as much information as possible, and not really sure what's happening. And then, um. I remember Thunder airing and there being an allusion to, there's that word again, um, a deal falling through. Like they, they threw that in to the, the angle where Bischoff came back and said that Ric Flair, you must kiss Dusty's ass if you lose the blah, 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 blah. And really being confused. I'm like, is this storyline or I'm not really sure what's going on. And then sitting and down and saying, <laughs> yeah, is this just fantasy? And then remember sitting down to watch Nitro and it doing the WCW logo at the time and it fading into Vince McMahon and freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, after that, didn't know what was going to happen. It was, uh, you know, a disappointment retrospectively, but uh, that was a fun night. You know, it, it yeah, gave man. you it gave you some hope. It did just a little bit. A, and then that hope bit. was mercilessly crushed. Yes. And then it was immediately ripped out from under you. And uh, years later, we have AEW barely breaking a million. Yes. Well, thank God for that, Vinnie Mac. 
Yeah, thank you, Vinnie Mac. But yeah, the rating back, back then, even for the last Nitro, would be something that uh, either show would kill for right now. Would kill, kill for, for right two, now. Will build kill for a three point oh or four point seven that Raw did. Uh, March twenty seventh in this week in professional wrestling history, nineteen eighty eight, WrestleMania four. Um, uh, WrestleMania four. Uh, feature the first tournament uh, for to crown a new World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion for going the one the big match feel. Um, it was a tournament and uh, a match that was um, the way it was set up. The brackets were if uh, Randy Savage uh, defeated One Man Gang and. Ricky Steamboat defeated Greg Valentine. They would have a rematch of their WrestleMania three best match ever. Uh, was not to be. Greg Valentine would defeat Ricky Steamboat, and what Jesse Ventura I have to call an upset. Uh, and uh, Greg Valentine would move on to go up against Randy Savage in the uh, semifinals or the quarterfinals, I should say, and that would be the last match of Ricky Steamboat in WWE. Uh, for four years. I felt it odd when I watched it uh, right here in the beautiful air-conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum on closed-circuit television. That's uh, the only, because I wasn't going to, there was no pay-per-view at the time. At least yeah, not. thank God you didn't go down to Atlantic City. Yeah. Uh, but I watched it at the Spectrum, but I found it odd after the match Ricky Steamboat was waving to the crowd and, and, not, and acknowledging each corner. I said, hmm, that's different. Uh, little did we know that would be Ricky Steamboat's last match in WWE for quite a while. Uh, also on that WrestleMania four card would be the uh, first battle, uh, second battle royal in WrestleMania history. But for the second time, Bret Hart would be the last man eliminated in the battle royal in WrestleMania two. If you remember, uh, that was that was won by Andre the Giant. He eliminated the Hart Foundation, but Bret Hart was the last one he eliminated. Well, so once again, in a Calgary Stampede reunion, the last three men in the WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal were Junkyard Dog, Bret Hart, and Bad News Brown. And uh, they would, uh, the two heels, Brown and Bret, would eliminate Junkyard Dog, give each other a high five, and celebrate. And then out of nowhere, Bad News Brown, ghetto blasters, Bret Hart, throws him out of the ring. When Bad News Brown is presented the, the trophy, Bret Hart would come in there and trash the trophy and run out Bad News Brown. And that would be Bret Hart's face turn. And it happened right there at WrestleMania 4. And that would propel Bret Hart to the greatest success in his professional career. But that would be the first time he turned face. Also, that would be also the first night that Randy Savage would become the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. But not to be outdone, because see, I watched that that afternoon. Back when all great Sunday night events happened in the afternoon, folks. The World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals. They took place during the day on a Sunday afternoon. So I went home right from the spectrum, Chris, and I went home to my home in the living room, and you know what I watched when I got there? The very first Clash of Champions. On a Sunday afternoon. TBS. 
and that will be uh, the greatest tag team match I'd ever seen televised at the time. The United <laughs> States Tag Team Championship between the, the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. The NWA World Tag Team title will change hands as Tully Blanche and Arn Anderson would lose to the Twin Towers, Lex Luger and Barry Windham. And I have to say that was one of the loudest cheers I'd ever heard from any win anywhere uh, when Lex and um, Barry won the Tag Team Championships. But it was the one-hour draw between Ric Flair and Sting. Remember those names? Um, Who? Yeah, Ric Flair and Sting. Uh, how they would make history uh, 13 years later, but their first match took place on the very first Clash of Champions. And that very first Clash of Champions, gentlemen, on TBS, did a 5.8 rating. The buy rate... What's AEW doing now? (laughs) Barely breaking up. I think a one would be a huge win for them. Um, oh, yeah. Don't worry, Dan. Wrapping it up. Um, but- no, no. It was. Uh, I was like, "What is PlayStation texting me for?" I don't care about the PlayStation Plus games. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but uh, interesting though, the WrestleMania four buy rate was a six point five, uh, which uh, turned out to be. Um, I forget the, uh, the 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 actual number of people that saw it, but on this date, March twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight. WrestleMania 4 did a 6.5 buy rate. The Clash of Champions did a 5.8 rating. More people saw Ric Flair that day than Hulk Hogan. Unreal. First time that w- the NWA and the WWF went head-to-head. One on cable TV and one on pay-per-view. And more people, more eyes were on the Clash of Champions than they were on WrestleMania 4. Which brings us to today in WrestleMania history, in wrestling history, uh, March 29th, 1987, Pontiac Silverdome in beautiful Pontiac, Michigan, 93,173 rumored to have seen WrestleMania 3. We don't have to go over that particular card, uh, but WrestleMania 3 at the time set the world in- indoor wrestling attendance record and wrestling attendance record, period. And honestly, seeing it on the big screen at, at closed circuit, once again in the spectrum, was very awesome to see. Uh, but WrestleMania 3 did an 8.0 buy rate. And remember, Hulk Hogan scripted that whole match. Yes, and remember, no one knew what Andre was going to do when he showed up at WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Any idea. Nope. We didn't know what Andre was going to do. Yep, yep, no. Hogan, nobody ever heard the story before the HBO documentary that Hogan was the mastermind, not anybody else, and he told Andre the Giant what was going to happen that night. Hulk Hogan scripted that whole thing and he wrote it on paper that doesn't age at all. And he showed everybody on HBO. Yeah, I have it right here, brother. Oh, go fuck yourself, Terry. God damn it, you lying piece of shit. Sorry, that triggers my ass. That's all right. Well, it 
I don't know. If any match deserves to be remembered from WrestleMania 3, it is Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, the bout that probably started more wrestling careers, because I don't know. It, it, that's the one bout that I've heard the most amount of professional wrestlers say was not only their favorite match of all time, but the one that made them want to be a professional wrestler. Um, and that, while it wasn't written down the way Hulk did on the loose leaf paper, Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat did in fact have their match, uh, memorized and their spots were numbered. Uh, they had been, uh, had, had wrestled each other quite a bit on house shows, but for WrestleMania, they had already, uh, planned, uh, what they want, how they wanted the, uh, the match to flow and how they would do it. So their, their match was, uh, not written down on paper, but was memorized. And it gives you the, uh, the, uh, why Ricky Steamboat is, to me, uh, the best wrestler, uh, one of, of all time because he could have a match with Randy Savage that he completely memorized everything they were going to do and have the greatest, one of the greatest matches of all time. And he can have, a match with Ric Flair was also considered the greatest match of all time, one of the greatest matches of all time, and that was completely called in the ring. And the common denominator is Ricky Steamboat. If it's a, a match that, that needs to be memorized as far as spots go, he can do that. It can be called completely in the ring with Ric Flair for an hour. He can do that too. Uh, Necro, Eric, I will be watching The Collective this weekend as much as possible, and I'm glad that you... You you found us. Uh, yeah, you, I'll be checking out as much as possible. I have the pl- the the fight plus package to get as much as uh, not that kind of package. Uh, 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 Craig, we already talked about that. Um, to watch as much as possible. There are a few guys I've been wanting to see for a long time now, and uh, yes, I will be getting that in and watching the uh, whenever the replays are up. Uh, this is the one weekend I take in as much wrestling as possible, um, mostly because I work so damn much. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. I was just answering somebody who was watching the show. Thank you for watching. Uh, we appreciate you, Necro. Uh, also, on this day, 25 years ago today, WrestleMania 14, Boston, 19,028 in attendance to witness the very first title win and some say the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin over a very visibly pained Shawn Michaels. Um, he went over, and uh, even with the presence of a taped fist undertaker waiting in Gorilla, Shawn Michaels uh, did what was best for business and uh, put Steve Austin over. And the match that Steve Austin said out of one out of five, I give it a one. Um, he, that was a really good match. It wasn't he, bad. Yeah, it was. He he just didn't. Oh. He uh, just felt it was kind of lackluster because a because Sean was in such rough shape, um, and uh, just kind of felt really funky about it. And Tyson was the referee, um, and um, so he yeah he just he called it a he said it was a one one point five, but um, twenty five years ago today, Steve Austin won his first. Uh, World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Also, 
I uh, wanted to wish you a happy birthday too. We're doing lists. Um, he's in my always in my top five in terms of promos. Um, one third of the greatest six man tag team of all time. Happy sixty fourth birthday to P.S. Michael Hayes. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Craig, and, yes. Nope. Never mind. Go ahead. Do your thing. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Mr. Omega Squad, do you have any closing arguments this evening? Closing arguments? No. Um, Guys, it's always a pleasure to be with you on WrestleMania week. As always, our annual tradition, such as it were. Uh, And uh, people can follow me on Twitter at Omega Squad. Follow me on Twitter at Danlo83. The network is at HICTalkRadio.com and HICTalkRadio on Twitter uh, until Elon Musk burns it all down and uh, hopefully not a moment too soon. Uh, Brain fart. Look up HIC Talk Radio Network on all your... God damn it. All your favorite podcast apps on your phone, your tablet... Or uh, just press play. Play on your computer. And I just want to say, for as balding as I'm getting, my hair looks fabulous this evening. Keep it on the paper. <laughs>